Shortly after assuming office, President Donald Trump signaled his intention to renegotiate the North American Free Trade Agreement. NAFTA, which became law in January 1994, enables goods to flow across the borders of the United States, Mexico, and Canada tariff-free. It has established North America as a highly integrated and highly competitive trade region. Welcome to Toyota Talks Global. I'm Lila Aridia Foss, Director for International Public Policy. In this episode, we will explore the North American Free Trade Agreement by answering what it is, how it affects our business, and why we should care about its future. But to begin, let's take a look at what NAFTA means for the U.S. auto industry as a whole. And to answer that question, I'm delighted to have Bernard Swicky from the Center for Automotive Research join us. So NAFTA is meant to basically create both a common market and a common manufacturing base between Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. It's, this is where NAFTA has enabled manufacturing in, in the United States to be able to be in the United States because it's made less expensive by the availability of some lower-cost inputs from Mexico. Taking that into account, we heard throughout the presidential election that NAFTA led to the loss of many American jobs, especially in the auto industry. What are your thoughts on that? So you have to consider uh, the changing nature of the industry that's uh, an ongoing technological transformation that's a decades-long process, right? So uh, in the time that we've had NAFTA, the industry has made tremendous strides in productivity and robotics and globalization of its supply chains around the world, not just vis-a-vis NAFTA. And so regardless of where you look at automotive manufacturing, the employment levels are lower because automation is higher, productivity is higher. We're just more efficient at manufacturing. So you can't take a look at American manufacturing jobs and just simultaneously ascribe the decline to NAFTA. But what are some of the other dynamics involved? For instance, the U.S., we have about 14 trade agreements with about 20 different trading partners. What's the situation in Mexico? Well, Mexico uh, vastly outcompetes us when it comes to free trade agreements. Uh, we're talking about 45 countries that, that can be accessed from Mexico, more than double, and very, very importantly, that includes the European Union, which is something the U.S. does not offer. And so when we look at why certain assembly plans and why certain investments went to Mexico for the vehicles that are forecasted to leave the NAFTA region, this is a huge factor, right? And so one example that I like to provide is a plant that made tremendous headlines when it was announced, which is the Audi plant for Mexico, because a lot of folks thought it would go in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where Volkswagen's newest plant was announced. And when you consider that the Audi that's built there, that plant will be the hub for that particular vehicle. And if you just assume an average cost of $50,000 per unit by exporting to the European Union from Mexico, Audi saves about $5,000 per unit that it would have to pay in tariffs if that plant were in the United States instead. So it's a tremendous driver of why certain plants end up in Mexico. And the question is, will its product leave NAFTA or not? Uh, Because when that product leaves NAFTA, you have to apply an entirely new set of math to calculate the return on investment in one country versus another. So Bernard explained why NAFTA is so important to the U.S. auto industry, but what does it mean for Toyota's operations, especially at the plant level, 
To explore that a bit further, we spoke with Millie Marshall, formerly president of Toyota West Virginia and currently president of Toyota Indiana. Well, here in West Virginia, NAFTA impacts us quite a bit. Uh, We are the most northern powertrain plant, so the majority of our engines and transmissions go to Canada. Um, We have 1,600 team members. We're the only plant in North America that produces engines and transmission. And we're the only plant, so you get to hear me bragging a little bit, we're the only plant outside of Japan that has built over 10 million units. So we're a high mass volume powertrain facility. But we build a V6 engine. Our capacity for that is about 233,000. 60% of that engine goes in the Lexus RX350. So for us, NAFTA is a big impact, without a doubt. NAFTA enables Toyota to ship the parts and components for its vehicles across all three countries' borders tariff-free, but what about the inputs for those parts and components? How do we get them from our suppliers, and where are they based in North America? Let's check in with Bob Young, Group Vice President for Purchasing, to hear what he has to say. Well, today in North America, we have approximately 500 direct parts and materials suppliers that ship product that ends up on our vehicles. But in addition to those, we also have um, over 1,000 indirect suppliers that supply all of the needed parts and services that to keep our manufacturing operations humming day in and day out, as well as support all of our administration and headquarter uh, locations in North America. So about what percentage of parts that go into our vehicles are made by our suppliers? Well, our suppliers are extremely important uh, to Toyota, and they are to every OEM, but suppliers represent you know, approximately 70% of our total cost structure, and quite frankly, they represent well over 50% of all the innovation that goes into our vehicles. And where are they based in North America? Well, our suppliers primarily are based in the upper Midwest, and and there's a reason for that. Obviously, our initial plants um, in the United States were TMMK in in Kentucky and TMMI, and so therefore, um, you know, we located our initial plants in really the kind of center of gravity for automobile assembly in the United States. Of course, we also have suppliers in Canada that support producing uh, bulky components for our our two plants in uh, Ontario. And uh, we have been expanding our supply base in the south as we've expanded our operations there. So we now have a southern supply base that supports our Alabama engine plant, as well as our Mississippi vehicle assembly plant. And, you know, from a location standpoint, you know, several years ago we started our uh, TMMTX truck assembly uh, location, and really that provided us with a challenge out of the gate because San Antonio, Texas is um, nowhere near the center of gravity, really, of uh, the suppliers in North America. So to reduce risk and total costs, we asked uh, over 20 of our strategic supplier partners to join us on-site in San Antonio. So today we have over 20 uh, on-site suppliers. What percentage of our suppliers come from Mexico today? Uh, When we look at our spend, our spend really is split about 80% U.S., 10% coming out of uh, Mexico, and 10% uh, overall coming out of Canada. So right now the 10% coming out of Mexico, primarily those are commodities that 
the entire industry, supplier industry, has moved to Mexico over the years, and those, those include commodities such as wire harnesses, where 40% of the cost structure for wire harnesses is labor, assembling the wire harnesses. Therefore, to be regionally and globally competitive, all the suppliers had to move to Mexico uh, to maintain competitiveness. So today, we can't buy a wire harness out of the United States or Canada. Uh, your only options are, are really Mexico or Vietnam or other low-cost countries. One key point that uh, sometimes we lose sight of is that you know, we have some of the highest local content uh, vehicles um, in the entire North American market. Typically, the Camry, Sienna, you know, end up being uh, rated in really the top five from a local content standpoint. And so when we think of it just in terms of outsourced parts, Today, for our Camry, you know, 92-93% of the total outsourced parts are um, sourced in the North American market. So we've been working very hard to continue to grow our capabilities here in North America to support our needs. And really, it's, it's in line with our philosophy of buying parts and materials where we assemble vehicles. And that's not just for North America, but that's a global philosophy. And we do that to reduce risk to reduce total cost, and to contribute to the local economies where we sell our vehicles. And to round out our conversation today, I'm delighted to have Randy Fluhop, Group Vice President for North America Vehicle Operations, provide his perspective on NAFTA. You know, NAFTA and trade is so so critical to everything that we do in uh, manufacturing of vehicles, uh, parts, as well as uh, um, all, of our, all of our finished and, and parts logistics. You know, we build, uh, we build vehicles in Canada, we build vehicles in uh, Mexico, we build vehicles in uh, the United States. The parts that go into those vehicles also are built in all three of those countries and move today freely across the borders and uh, are, are utilized in the final assembly of, of both Lexus and Toyota products in all three of those countries. In addition, uh, you know, we build, or rather we cast, uh, aluminum wheels in Canada that go on Corollas and RAVs and and other U.S. built products that, again, are, are consumed in Mexico, the United States, and Canada by our dealers and, uh, and our customers. How do you think we use NAFTA in a way that would be surprising to our listeners today? You know, one of our um, kind of most unique um, uh, trade arrangements that we have that comes to my mind would be, for example, for our, some of our Lexus products. You know, we source the raw material for some of our leather seats that go into Lexus built vehicles out of uh, uh, countries and ranches in South America. That leather, uh, raw material, is then uh, with, with the trade agreements between uh, Mexico and some of the trading partners in South America, that leather finds its way through a tannery and, and uh, processors in Mexico. From there, we import it vis-a-vis our NAFTA arrangements with Mexico to the United States and then export that to Japan to be cut, stitched, and, and built into seats that go into Lexus products in Japan and then shipped back here to the United States. So it enables us to, to have high-quality parts sourced from anywhere in the, in the globe, going through a process of, of value-added steps along the way, and ultimately ending up in our assembly uh, plants and in our vehicles to service customers you know, globally. So this, you know, our ability to move easily and quickly and seamlessly across borders is critical to bring customers what they want and for us to efficiently bring um, you know, wonderful products to the market. Wow, that is very interesting, and I don't think we would have ever considered the impact of NAFTA in our trade with Japan. 
I mean, what would what would happen if NAFTA went away? Well, you know, it would really bring a lot of what we do today to a grinding halt. Uh, number one, uh, if, if we didn't have the free flow of, of parts and vehicles moving across these borders, you know, our ability to meet our customer demand, our ability to support our dealers would change dramatically, whether it be in the form of, of cost associated to get vehicles uh, and parts moving across borders, or just time. Uh, the more paperwork, the more red tape, those type of things certainly would impact uh, all of our logistics operations for vehicles and parts. And that really highlights why we should care about NAFTA. Our guests today have shared their insight on how important NAFTA is not only to Toyota, but the entire global auto industry. I hope you have found this information as valuable as I have. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Lila Aridia Foss, Director for International Public Policy. Until the next time.